Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All right, I hope you guys are uh, being safe with Hurricane Adelia out there in the Gulf churning its way to God knows where. But uh, we're going to talk a little Buccaneer football and a lot of their cuts uh, that have already taken place. Of course, they have until 4 p.m. today to get their roster down to 53 players, as does everybody. And then they can begin uh, after that to, to begin to re-sign some of their guys for a, for a practice squad. So we'll get you into all the cuts. No real surprises just as yet, but some some good insights with respect to what they are doing. And a lot of young young players, first-year guys, rookies, um, you know, even even a lot of players that have only one year's experience. This is a young, younger, young football team, as opposed to the oldest team in the league the last few years. So, Todd Bowles and his staff doing some interesting things, uh, cutting down players. But of course, uh, our minds are all on right now the hurricane. And I'm telling you, you can almost set your watch to it as we get close to the first week of the NFL season. This this is the peak hurricane season, it seems, in, in, in the Gulf Coast and in Florida and on the west coast of Florida the last several years. And, I mean, it was just this time a year ago, I can remember uh, Tim Jaraki, who is, you know, in charge of all the operations over there for the Buccaneers in terms of travel and things like that. Um, they had a hurricane uh, bearing down on us, uh, and I can't think of the What was the hurricane last year? At this time, can't think of the name. Uh, Ian uh, was later. It wasn't Ian. Uh, I don't think it was Ian. No, that was at the end of September. Yeah, but but regardless, uh, this was one where it wasn't certain exactly where it was headed, whether it was going to go to South Florida or it looked like at one point that the cone uh, was taking it to Tampa Bay, sort of the same track that Irma and Charlie were on. And so the Bucks wanted to get everybody out of harm's way. We're getting close to the start of the regular season. And a lot of people like Tom Brady and others lived on the water and, and, and some guys were rookies and new here. And so rather than have everybody scatter and then have a tough time getting them all back together, not knowing exactly where it was going to strike, they made arrangements to go to Miami and they took several, I think they took several, uh, I don't know that they flew there. They may, some may have flown, but then they also might've bust down there. Uh, but they, they offered the invitation to not just the players, but also their wives, their families, and their pets. And I wrote a story about this. It was crazy, man. It was like Noah's Ark at a high-rise someplace down in Miami. Now, the irony was, and not not too uh, funny irony, is that once, once they all got down there, and a lot of people uh, in the organization took them up on that offer, uh, the hurricane turned just ever so slightly uh, to the west a little sooner than expected, and wouldn't you know that they were suddenly in the cone of of danger? Uh, and so it was like, oops, maybe we left too long, too soon. Yep. It and, actually and was Hurricane Ian for week four last year. Was he in? Okay, yep. okay, yeah. yeah was it week it, four? It cut across. Yeah, it cut across. It was the end of September, like September twenty eighth, twenty nine. Right across the state. Yeah, uh, and then the Buccaneers came home and played Sunday night football that week. That was it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
but that was quite the process. I mean, they what what uh, Jiraki was able to do was was remarkable just to find places. Um, but you know, and, and so many people and and their players and coaches lived near the water on the water that they were all going to be displaced. What they didn't want to have happen is what happened with Irma. Uh, when Irma came through, and it was supposed to be a direct hit, and that was like a Cat Five, I think, a uh, huge hurricane that wound up uh, striking land uh, somewhat south of here in Port Charlotte or whatnot, um, but then cut through the state. Because I remember Jim Cantore was sitting at Harbor Island, and you don't want to see Jim Cantore anyway, anywhere, anytime, because that means something bad. In fact, he has a he has a video on TikTok that I saw that's hysterical. It's Jim Cantore just going to the beach, right? He's got his swim trunks on, a uh, little tank top, <laughs> you know, little a little inner tube. And he's walking on the beach, and it's like a scene from Jaws, you know, where where everybody kind of looks and they see the shark, but this time they see Jim Contori, and they're like, "No!" And everybody just runs out of the water and starts grabbing all their blankets and their in their lawn chairs and running off the beach. And he's like, "Man, I'm just on vacation. Like, what's your, what's going on?" It's hysterical. Um, but yeah, uh, Cantori now I think started in Gainesville, going to make his way over to the west coast of Florida there in the Big Bend area where as we tape this uh, is projected uh, to land the new hurricane. But yeah, we've had, we've had all kinds of incidents, uh, you know, in and around September. And um, I can remember uh, the big one, Irma, uh, the Bucks, and the reason why they went to Miami as a group and tried to make this, this offer available to their, to their players and staff and stuff was because during Irma, everybody kind of, kind of went everywhere. They tried to charter a couple planes to Carolina some some took them up on it. Some didn't. Uh, a, a bunch of people got in their cars and just started driving to like Georgia. And what happened was that, if you recall, there was no gas anywhere. And so I can remember Gerald McCoy had gone to Georgia, and then and in fact that's kind of where Irma ended up, kind of wreaking havoc up up that way. Um, but they were coming down I seventy five, and and they were almost out of gas, and there was they were like calling the bucks to see if they could find them a gas station that still had gas. Um, but everybody was, was kind of everywhere. And the plan had been that, uh, I think they wanted to, if, if things were not going to be good here, uh, the next week, I think they were playing at Minnesota and they were making arrangements to go to the university of Minnesota and work out for a week and then play the Vikings, I think, uh, or some, some team out that way. Uh, you know, the next Sunday, but everything managed to work out. The, the, the area was mostly spared as far as Tampa Bay goes and they were able to get back, but it, 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 it was a lot of logistical problems because players kind of went their own directions. And so that's why, um, a year ago they tried to keep everybody in, in, uh, if they weren't going to stay in Tampa and kind of like a central location, but, um, but here we are, uh, Hurricane season again, and I think they might be able. We might all be spared at least in the Tampa Bay area. We'll see. Um, it's I think the coast, with, the coastal areas are going to be hit yeah. pretty hard. I mean, we're at a full moon, mm-hmm. which isn't helping the tides. Yeah, storm surge. And, yeah, you know, depending on how intense the hurricane is and how far offshore it is, you may right. see a lot of coastal flooding. So if you're along the coast there, and, and I know. You know, Pinellas County and Hillsborough County have already set evacuations for Zone A. Yeah, uh, mandatory. You know, Hernando and Pasco and Citrus County have done evacuations as well, particularly mm-hmm. mobile homes and that. Um, yeah. You know, the uh, 
the storm surge and in, in the the flooding there could be could be pretty severe. Yeah, no, it absolutely can, and you gotta you gotta you gotta take precautions because it's too late. Um, you know, if you get caught in that, and and you know, hopefully, if this thing is far enough west, you won't get the hurricane force winds, which are fifty, sixty miles away from the owl. Um, but hopefully it's about 80 miles out there in the Gulf. You still, we're still going to get a lot of wind damage. We're going to get a lot of rain. And so you worry about coastal flooding and things like that. But, uh, these things are never good. And it seems like every single hurricane, like when I grew up, I've lived here my whole life and there's been plenty of hurricanes crisscross the state. And we've been fortunate in my lifetime, at least not to take a direct hit on Tampa Bay. But even having said that, like, I don't remember when a time when, Every single tropical storm would turn into a hurricane, but not just not just a cat one or two. No, man, it's cat three plus every single time. And I and I have to imagine it's because of the water temperature. And the longer it stays over the water, um, it's so hot that it intensifies, and that thing kind of you know is like jet fuel to to the storm. Um, and it and it just every time they come ashore now, it seems to be three or higher. So. These are these are real problematic things and um, and stressful, right? You know, you're doing the whole like I was doing the whole. Okay, are we? Do we have gas? Are mm-hmm. people lining up? Like, you know, what about water? <laughs> I walked into Greenwise. There's like four pallet, four not pallets. There's like four. Uh, well, you know, if you case, found a case, case of water, you're pretty lucky because I was well, at I did. Uh, Publix earlier today and there was nothing. Yeah, I did. I was. I went. I, there was like four um, twenty-four packs or whatever, and I took one. And and was uh, going to leave the others, but yeah, it's just uh, you know impulse um, panic buying yeah. a little bit. But, well, and, uh, and you're yeah. also you know now making arrangements. Schools are closed throughout the whole yep. area. Yeah, for Tuesday Maybe and Wednesday for the whole week. Yeah, yeah. You I mean, we'll know. we'll see how it goes. I mean, they use the the schools as shelters, and so yeah, it's going to take a day to to get them back in shape yep. after after they're they're closed. But the yeah. other part, and I know parents will complain sometimes that you know why are they closing schools. With storms, well, they also don't want they they don't want to commit resources, public safety, that's right, police, fire, all that to schools. They'd rather right. divert those resources to needs coming up with the storm instead. So that's right. You know, I know that's it's right. frustrating as a parent because I'm a parent, and yeah. it's like, okay, well, okay, kids well, are going to be home, home now. What are we going to do? Yeah, you know, even their after school programs, those are all canceled. You mm-hmm. know, so you're trying to figure it out, but you know, it's trying to keep as many people safe as possible. Yep. No, it's just something you live with down here, and, and we've been fortunate as far as Tampa Bay goes, and hopefully we'll be spared again, but uh, somebody's going to bear the brunt of this, and it's just, uh, it's never good. And we saw the destruction, you know, of the last hurricane, which wasn't good either. So, From a, uh, from a sports angle, it's good that, you know, Florida's on the road. USF is on the road as well. And if you remember last year, they had to move, I think for Ian, they moved a game to FAU. That's they right. played a home game down, you know, down there because they weren't sure what Raymond James Stadium, how it was mm-hmm. going to be, and the resources here and such. So, um, yeah. you know, it's it's the local, you know, the colleges here, the closest ones, are you know on the road, and, and Florida State's going to be playing in Orlando, and that's not till Sunday night. So, yeah, they should be okay. I think, um, yeah, Florida at Utah. So we'll get into, uh, you know, we we talked to Matt Baker about about those games later in the week and mm-hmm. uh, we'll have we'll break down some of the matchups and some of the things um, that are going on with uh, with the state schools I mean to me this is the first week of college football I know week zero was kind of to me it was anticlimactic um, not great matchups because 
Notre Dame just crushed Navy over in Ireland and such. Um, did get to watch the little college game day, which was neat, but just didn't feel like the start. This will feel like the first week of college football to me because everybody is kind of in action. All right, on Monday, the Bucks began the process and frankly almost finished it of reducing their roster to the 53-player limit by 4 o'clock today. Um, not a lot of surprises, but we'll tell you what they did and just how young this football is going to football team is going to be under Todd Bowles this year. Of course, that was the goal, but they've got some not just young players, but really good ones as well. But first, I want to tell you guys, I, I don't need to remind you, this is hurricane season. We're right in it right now in Florida. Uh, but the good news is, is that you can keep the power on without breaking the bank. And that's with solar battery backup power. There's no fuel cost to run it, no loud generator noise, no annual maintenance costs. And May Electric Solar, our sponsors, offers a 15-year warranty on their solar battery backup. Plus, solar battery backup saves you hundreds of dollars each month. If you lose a power uh, in, in the generator that, that you have, that can cost you over $2,000 a week just to run. But solar battery backup systems qualify for a 30% tax credit for the new systems. Or if you add a battery to your existing m solar system, you get that credit as well. Trust the pros in solar to learn more about May Electric Solar Battery Backup or to get started. Call 727-819-2862 or you can visit mayelectricsolar.com. So it's really been a couple of days that the Bucks have begun releasing players. Of course, uh, they had their final preseason game the other night against the Baltimore Ravens, and, and, and almost the next day they began the process of willing that roster. There's only one cut now. There used to be two. Um, they used to go to 75 players. Of course, they have a 90-player roster limit for, for training camp in the preseason. Um, but slowly but surely they're getting there. I thought it was interesting – there's some there's some names that that pop out to you for sure. Um, one of them, of course, is their number three quarterback, John Wolford, who was released, and that's not a surprise. Although they had the option of keeping three quarterbacks, because now uh, after the San Francisco debacle last year in the NFC Championship game, the Detroit Lions proposed a rule that said, "Hey, um, you know what? Uh, we can carry three quarterbacks, and one can actually be on the sidelines and not count." Uh, can kind of be that inactive third quarterback that uh, they used to have. Um, but that's no longer, you know, necessary because you have a practice squad. And so what the Bucks have decided to do was they released John Wolford. And, of course, he had the next strain but was able to come back and uh, didn't play but did, did, you know, practice a little bit. He's fine. And so they released him, and they're probably going to attempt to sign him to the practice squad. I think he'll be amenable to that. He knows the offense, played in a similar system with the Rams, and so he's valuable that way. And that's sort of what the Bucks have done the last few years is carry that third quarterback uh, on the practice squad. It's, it's an expanded practice squad, 14 players or 16 players or whatnot. Um, so you have that luxury. They let go of a guy. i tell you what. Patrick O'Connor, who's a defensive end by trade, but has been with his team since 2017. Um, he plays on every single special teams, and uh, on occasion he'll get in there and play some defensive end, especially sort of in mop-up duty. Just in the past three years, to give you an idea, he's played 977 special team snaps, uh, and he has, over his career in Tampa, 20 career tackles on special teams. Also, he's, he's had one-and-a-half sacks on defense, when he's played sort of in a mop-up role. 
Um, so he was one that I thought was interesting because of the longevity that he's had with the club. 29 years old, uh, I think O'Connor is. Um, some other notables, uh, safety Nolan Turner and uh, former USF defensive tackle Deidre Sanat. Those are two guys that finished the season last year on the active roster. They started on the practice squad. They wound up finishing on the active roster. They both were waived also on Monday. Uh, Turner, uh, who's a safety from Clemson, he was listed as kind of a backup on the depth chart, uh, and they do have an injury to Antoine Winfield Jr. Um, he played five games last year after they signed him from the practice squad, had just one special teams tackle. Sanat had 10 tackles last year and played in a number of games. And, of course, we knew there was a log jam, you know, at receiver. I mean, and I think, really, this has been a a great discovery by the Bucks scouting staff, by Jason Light, um, the college personnel people, I think they've assembled some of the best young talent I've seen this team have, at least since, I guess, going back to when when Light first got here. Um, but they let go of some pretty good, pretty good players at receiver. Uh, Tay Barber, who did some nice things in training camp. Of course, Cade Warner, the son of uh, Kurt Warner, he was released as well. Kalen Geiger, who was with his team, you know, a year ago and, and got off the practice squad, he's also let go. The surprise was maybe Dave, David Moore because he he kind of followed Dave Canales to Tampa Bay from Seattle, and he knows the offense and has been pretty productive in the preseason. But uh, his contract's guaranteed if he's on the 53-man because he's played uh, – this, this he's already played five seasons, so – what they do in these instances is sometimes they'll waive these guys and and you know once they clear waivers they can re-sign them at a new contract so that guaranteed contract business is gone and so i i would bet that they would try to re-sign him later this week um they also released uh Cephas Johnson who came in late Ryan Miller a receiver um the receiver core i don't worry about because i think they're young and they're very talented you got Mike Evans and Chris Godwin of course at the top end, and then Russell Gage would have been the number three, but he tore his PCL in the joint workout with the Jets. But when you're looking at guys like Trey Palmer, who was just phenomenal in in every preseason game that he played in, a couple of touchdowns, uh, kind of some circus catches, and also undrafted rookie Rakim Jarrett, very impressive kid from Maryland. They guaranteed him a lot of money to come here as an undrafted free agent. He's going to make this football team, uh, I believe, uh, based on the cuts. And so uh, just running through, you know, the positions that they that they got down in numbers, um, they cut uh, a couple of running backs, Patrick Laird and Ronnie Brown. And I think that, you know, some of us were waiting for another shoe to drop maybe with Keyshawn Vaughn. You know what? It might not. Uh, he might be part of the group. And, uh, and like I said, it's hard to let go of a second-round pick. He does some things on special teams. Just hadn't had a very good preseason. But then who is he playing behind, right? Some some pretty bad offensive linemen or at least a couple of them. Uh, they also cut uh, tight end Dominic Daphne, uh, an offensive lineman. John Moulton has been here for a while. Luke Haggard, another offensive lineman. Silas uh, Danzi, uh, Chris Murray, Michael Nisi, a uh, couple of linebackers, uh, Hemakar, uh, Rashid, uh, Ulysses Gilbert, um, C.J. Brewers, a defensive lineman, Aaron Young's a safety, 
Richard LeConte, who came late, he's also a safety. Cornerbacks, Don Gardner and uh, Anthony uh, Chesley and Rodarius Williams. So those are just a good hunk of, of players as they try to get down to 53. I don't know how many they got left, maybe six or seven uh, to go, uh, but we'll find those out pretty early on. And, you know, all I can say about this team, because I, I had a chance to talk to Todd Bowles, when was this? Probably last week sometime, late last week, I want to say. And I sat down with him a little bit. We started talking about this roster. And, you know, the goal was when you've got the oldest roster in the league for three years, they just kept running it back every year, right? Bring back Ryan Jensen, bring back this guy, bring back that guy. Um, when you do that, you only have one course of action. It's just we're just going to run it back. We're going to do everything we did a year ago and hope that it's enough to get us to the Super Bowl or the playoffs. And they did, but that, that team wore down. And so you knew, the Bucks knew, that that for salary cap reasons, if nothing else, they had to get younger, but mostly because they were a slow team. Um, you know, experience means a lot in this league, but the bottom line is that first-year players just earn a lot less than veterans do, and it's a young man's game. Um, and what Bowles didn't necessarily know was that, in my opinion, and, and apparently in his, having talked to him, this is maybe the best, well, not maybe, it is probably the best group of rookie players, both draft picks and undrafted free agents that they've had under Jason Light. I mean, there are guys, they're not only going to make this team, they're going to be counted on playing a lot of football. And they're and on top of that, it's not just salary cap. These are good players. Like, And Bowles told me, he said, we could have up to 13 or 14 rookies make this team. That doesn't even count the first-year guys from a year ago. And he said, you know, they really are. They're good players, and, and uh, there's a lot of free agent additions. And so you're at then now you're at 20-plus. Um, usually it's around 12 to 14 on the good years. Um, but this year you might say that there's more than 20, and that's like, that's like half your roster. But, they, again, they can all play, and that's the thing that Bulls wanted to emphasize is that, look, we got some really good, good, good players. Um, they just happen to be young, and, and, and that's what we wanted. But – um, these guys can, uh, you know, can play. And nobody was stood out more maybe than Palmer, at least on offense. He just made highlight real touchdown receptions in his first two games. And then, um, you know, he beat the Jets secondary in the joint workout. He had a couple of, of catches, one that wasn't even intended to him, I don't think, for 25 yards against the Ravens. He also had a punt return. He's kind of their backup punt yard, punt returner. He did, he did muff one that he recovered, but he also had a 29-yard punt return. So the more he plays, the bigger the lights, the bigger the stage. That's what you look for. That guy, that guy really shines. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's, a, it's a good receiving core. It's a, a pretty pretty stable defense. And now that all that's left to do is sort of re-sign some guys as they clear waivers. Um, a rookie, uh, Christian Isian, is is won the starting nickel job. Uh, also it looks like Marquise Watts, who's from Charlotte an outside linebacker. He's probably going to make the team just based on the numbers. Uh, and of course, uh, you know, we knew that Kalijah Kansi and Cody Mock or a couple of rookies were slotted, slotted in as starters as well. Just a lot of young, young players that not only on the roster, but they're going to be counted on doing a lot, you know, on playing a lot. And, 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 and in a part, that's why Bowles wanted to hold his starters out because he wanted to get these guys enough experience to when we get to the regular season, they're game ready. You know, they've, they've been in the fire. They've let go of the butterflies and the nerves. 
they made their mistakes uh, when it doesn't matter. Because these dudes, again, um, he says, you know, there's a lot of teaching they're going to have to do once the season starts. But that playing time, however you get it, is is really environ uh, is really um, invaluable. And uh, now it's just a matter, as as Bull says, you just got to stick them in the fire and go. Um, but they like their young guys, and I think I think there's going to be some some surprises and some really good players in this group. I'm telling you, I've done this a while, but there there is some talent uh, among the rookies in the first year dudes, and uh, they're going to help them. They're going to help them this year for sure. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/people today. Hey, with this uh, this hurricane approaching, we're going to do a mailbag segment tomorrow. Uh, but send those in when you when you uh, get this, or you, you you know earlier the better. In case there's some power outages or things that occur that are a little wonky around these hurricanes, so um, but you can always do that uh, by sending them to us on Twitter at SportsDayTB. You can reach me on Twitter at NFL Stroud, or my email address is rstroud at tampabay dot com. rstroud at tampabay dot com but we do uh i get we do have one mailback question we can get to now mm-hmm. from a guy a guy that's been one of my tormentors so i'm happy to take it yes and he actually emailed you at rstroud at tampa bay.com it's joe who says i know this will surprise you but i'm not emailing you about oj howard you're right but that's because he's currently out of the league where is logan hall our top pick last year and why has he not been mentioned in a single article during training camp i don't believe he's played a single snap in the preseason O.J. Howard, by the way, I think was with two teams last year, and one of them being the Texans and Lovey Smith, and he finished someplace else. Logan Hall, um, he's going to be the starting defensive end in that 3-4. He's essentially going to take his mentor's job, which is William Golston, as we sit here today. William Golston's still on his football team in his 11th season. But Logan Hall is going to kind of slide in there at defense at one of the defensive ends in that 3-4 defense. And he's put on weight. Um, he's damn damn close to, I think, 300 pounds um, or over 290 maybe. Uh, looks thicker. You know, the, the weird thing about Logan Hall, uh, unfortunately for him, his claim to fame, and it's, it's infamy really, is that he's the guy that fell across Ryan um, Jensen's knee. And it wasn't all his fault. He didn't fall. He was pushed, if you will. But they were in a non-contact drill, two-minute drill, five plays before the end of practice. And to have that happen, of course, we now know that Jensen is um, basically maybe facing retirement. I mean, his knee is in such a state that uh, they're not exactly sure if he's going to be able to play again. Um, So, you know, Logan... Look, Logan is a guy that when you're drafting in the first round, a lot is expected of you. But they'd always put veteran players, okay, since he got here next to Vita Vea. And Vita Vea is a mountain of a guy that just forklifts people into the quarterback's lap, et cetera. He can play in any scheme, anywhere, anytime. He can move very well for a man of his size. But they were putting, you know, 
Indomicon Sue, Akeem Hicks, like other big, big bodies, 350 pound plus bodies next to him. Uh, and so this year they're going to use, you know, Kalijah Kansi. And then now when you, when you, uh, on that other end, when you put a guy like Logan Hall, he's got size, but the speed that they've improved on the defensive line with Kansi and now changing Golston out with Logan is something that's going to show up. It's going to show up on tape. Um, you know, teams will, will, you, you know, are used to sort of running a lot of perimeter stuff, tosses and sweeps because they wanted those big guys to have to move early. And if they got a first down, the Bucks would have to sub them out. Um, these guys now can run. So that, that stuff's not going to work. Uh, so I, I I'm kind of, I'm a little bit bullish on this on this defense. I'm a little worried about the secondary in terms of the safeties and not the corners, but the safeties. If Antoine Winfield Jr. doesn't play, because you have Ryan Neal, and then you probably had D. Delaney started the last game. They had a coverage bust. So that that's not ideal. Um, but Logan Hall, make no mistake, they like him. He has made plays in the few chances that he's gotten. And as for us not writing about him, we had him on the podium, I think, one time about a week ago. A lot of other stuff was going on. I assure you that, you know, he just didn't get to play a lot in the preseason. They held guys out. So there hasn't been much to write about. Um, I did do a note on him, I think, one day, uh, just in terms of, you know, how much he's grown and how much Will Golston has, has done everything for him, really helped him out in terms of learning that defensive end position. So uh, they're bullish on him. He needs to show up, much like Joe Tryon, Shawinka, when you're a first-round pick. Even a low first-round pick, a lot is expected. And so you better hear the name Logan Hall a little bit this year because they're expecting big things from him, and we'll see. I know it matters to him. I know he's worked hard. And really, sometimes you just need opportunity, and he's going to get it. All right, the Rays are in Miami for a two-game series against the Marlins. Uh, They lost a little bit of ground. The Orioles won, uh, and the Rays did not play, so they're now two and a half back as they begin that series with the Marlins. Uh, get your mailbag questions in. We want to knock those out fairly early, not knowing uh, what the power situation will be as this storm approaches. But first and foremost, make sure your loved ones and your your home and, and your property is secure. And uh, be very careful out there as we uh, we ride this out together. You can send those questions to us again uh, at Sports Day TV on Twitter, at NFL Stroud on Twitter for me, or rstroud at Tampa Bay com is my e- email as well. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. For Steve Burstick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.